interesting I like the boring things I appreciate the little things I look for the special things I honestly hello 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 and welcome to faithful mindfulness I am dr. Justin Meyer a trauma-informed board-certified therapist pastor seminary professor and life coach my life's goal and the goal of this podcast is to help people become everything they were created to be now this is episode two and we're getting ready to kick off i'm excited about today i'm a little stoked and so let's just focus our minds and our energies for a second and let's take a deep breath in through our nose and out through our mouth in through our nose and out through our mouths just taking the time to center and try to move our processing and thinking closer to our frontal lobe Uh, i'm joined this morning silently but joined by our producer sean still so glad to have him today I will tell you, in thinking about being glad that Sean is here with me this morning or today, uh, let's start off today with practicing gratitude. Remember, if you practice gratitude for 21 days straight, it literally changes the chemistry of your brain and you begin to think more positively and have a more positive outlook on situations. And so let's just take the time to be grateful this morning and practice gratitude. So what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the house that I live in. I'm really thankful that uh, we have enough room for all of our kids. We have room for a studio and a room for Pastor Sean. We have a nice home. And I will tell you, you're like, well, yeah, great. You have a nice home. I have been in places and at times lived in not so nice homes. I've been in life where I've not even had a home for a short period of time. And so to be thankful for a home, I think is very good. Another thing that I am thankful for is that I work at some really neat places. I work for Cressetti Health and Wellness as the counselor on staff there. I work, of course, for the Journey Church. I'm here hosting Faithful Mindfulness, mow lawns sometimes, paint houses sometimes. There's a lot of things out there that I get to do to help support me, my family, and my ministry. But I'm just thankful for those opportunities. And then lastly, I am thankful for this holiday season, right? We've since passed All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day, and we're moving upon Thanksgiving, where we're moving upon Christmas season and the New Year season. And I I just love this time of year. And maybe I love this time of year because it helps connect people more to God, because he's more on the forefront of people's minds. Maybe I like the cool weather here in the Midwest. Maybe it is just the warm feelings I get from family and friends, but I am grateful. I am thankful for this holiday season. So what are you thankful for? Take a minute and just think, 
about all the things you can be thankful for. They can be large things. They can be small things. But I want to encourage you, as I did last week, to either take out your smartphone or take out a gratitude journal and just write those things down. Because I will tell you, in writing those things down, it really helps change and reshape the neurological pathways in our brains. And it leads us to a more joyous perspective on life. And I think we can all use that, don't you? So write down those things that you are thankful or grateful for. Speaking of gratitude and gratitude journals, uh, Pastor Sean and I are working on a gratitude journal right now. It will be a gift that will eventually be able to be utilized through our Patreon, but it also will be something that we will sell online and that you can have. And so we just want you to be on the lookout for that. It'll probably happen within the next month or so, but we hope that you will look forward to that. Today's scripture lesson comes from 2 Corinthians, and I really think that this scripture is a vital scripture in helping us understand the people that were alive while the writing of the New Testament was taking place and helping us understand the way they were processing things and the things they were wrestling with. Listen real closely to this scripture this morning. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. And peruse over your scripture if you have it with you or open up your your Bible app on your phone and look at those words again. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Right? It says that they are weapons of divine power to demolish strongholds. Those strongholds then that this scripture is talking about are highlighted in verse 5 where it says we demolish arguments. The strongholds are arguments, things that you think in your mind. And every pretension, again, talking about the thought process that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Folks, it's so amazing and it's so interesting that we in the tradition of Christianity will talk so much about how we we shouldn't be dealing with mental health or we wrestle with the ideas that psychology is bad and that mental health and our thinking patterns and those types of things weren't talked about in scripture. 
But yet here it is. And in fact, I would argue that if we look at the whole narrative of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, Genesis to the book of Revelation, that we will find that the Scripture is full of talking about our thought lives, our meditative lives, and how we wrestle even with the thoughts that happen in our mind. I want us to be critical thinkers. I I don't want us to be shallow in our beliefs, but I want us to understand that while we today wrestle with things like depression, anxiety, fear, anger, the feeling of being without purpose, those are the same problems that people have historically wrestled with throughout time. And the scripture makes it quite clear that God does not desire us to live focused on those issues, to live focused on worry, or to live focused on fear or anxiety, or to feel like we do not have purpose. In fact, the scripture talks about to us today that we hold captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, right? That every thought that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And what then is the knowledge of God, right? I I think some people take this verse out of context and want to string it around making it the church against the world. But I don't think it's about that. I think it's about the world and how it sees you versus how God sees you. Because I, I don't know if you have ever felt like this, but I'll tell you, I see it as a theme in our culture, in our society today. And that theme is this, that once you are done being useful to the world, once your 15 minutes of fame or once your 15 minutes of usefulness or once your contribution to the greater community is done, then you no longer have worth or value, right? When people make mistakes, sometimes large, sometimes small, they are written off by society and culture. Their people are made to feel like they don't matter or like they no longer have purpose or you you name it. But if the world is not using a person, makes that person feel insignificant. But what does God say? Right? What are the thoughts that we need to be holding up? The first of which is you are loved. You are loved by God. He desires to have a relationship with you. Second, he did create you with a purpose. And our purposes can change over time. And sometimes those purposes may be very significant in the world's perspective and very insignificant at other times in the world's perspective. But in God's grand design, your part is always important. You are always viewed as worthy. You are always viewed as a person of significance. You are always viewed as a person of value. The thoughts that the world perpetuates, right? That you should be worried or that you need to be negative, or that you should be selfish. Those are not the thoughts that lead to a productive life, a life that reflects God and loves others. And in fact, when we get so caught up 
in worldly ideas and worldly thoughts, the things that the world does put out to us, those things that run in opposition to God's words, the things that he desires us to be thinking about. We need to wrestle with the scripture that is in Proverbs 23:7 that says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. I like to phrase that scripture a little different, and I think I mentioned this last week in the podcast, but that idea is is our lives move in the directions of our most dominant thoughts. And so if our minds are constantly thinking about the negative, then we are going to continue to live out life in a negative light. If our minds are constantly caught up in a depressive cycle, then we are going to continue to spiral lower and lower and lower in that depressive cycle. If we are angry people all the time, if that's what we keep putting out in the world, if that's what we keep holding in our heart, then our anger will only grow. What we think about, what we spend time focusing on, that is what comes out of us into the world. And so I think it is very, very important for us to take the time to think the right thoughts, to move our lives in the right directions. Now, some people would hear what I just said if they've grown up in certain church traditions and they will hear, well, depression is a sin or anxiety is a sin or fear is a sin. I'm actually not saying that. And I'm not saying that from time to time, we shouldn't wrestle with these things because I understand the human experience. And some people do wrestle with depression a lot. Some people do wrestle with anxiety a lot. The human nature is such that sometimes our bodies don't produce enough certain chemicals in our brains that causes us to go through those different times. But I will tell you that I do acknowledge that those states exist, but I believe that there is hope, help, and healing out there for everybody. And if that is something that you are interested in talking about or learning more about, please feel free to get a hold of us. You can either find our information at www.rethinkfaith.org or you can email us at faithfulmindfulness at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you and set up an appointment of where we can explore these ideas a little more and find some help for you. I'll tell you one of the things I love to do in my therapy practice is I love to help people get off medication. I don't know if you know this or not, but long-term use of things like antidepressants actually change the chemistry of your brain in a negative way, long-term use. I'm not saying using an antidepressant for six months or a year or even a year and a half is wrong, but long-term use, years, five, six, seven, eight years, can actually mess up the synapse in your brain. It can mess up how signals are firing off. It can actually cause your brain to 
become less responsive to certain medicines so that you have to use others. And so one of the things I love to do is help people learn how to fire off serotonin and dopamine naturally in their brains so that over time, with the work of a physician, they can titrate down their medications and get to a place where they can, honestly, I I view it as embracing the natural abilities that God gave us to kind of heal ourselves where they can embrace those and truly overcome those issues to become everything God has created them to be. So we look at these ideas and we in these scriptures and we look at kind of the wrestling match that takes place in westernized Christianity. And I think we need to become quite serious. In fact, one of the strongholds I think that we could talk about that scripture might be pointing to for us today in our current time, in our current context, and in our current application, is the stronghold that the church has against mental health. Hear me say that again. I think in westernized Christianity, especially some of the more stricter of our evangelical brothers and sisters, the stronghold that they have against mental health, right, needs to be broken down. God created us. I believe that. And I believe that he understands our situation. Our bodies over time have become more frail. Some people would argue that because of the fall. Some people would argue that because of environment. But what I do know is that while bodies break down even more and we see new diseases come into existence over time, I also would contend that the mental health in humanity isn't as good as it used to be, or we maybe didn't understand it at the time, but have come to an understanding of a new knowledge about mental health, and we need to embrace that. And so I want to encourage... Those of you who might be listening to this podcast, I want to highly encourage you to start having mental health conversations because we all need good mental health. This isn't just about people who are mentally ill and deal with mental diseases, but I'm talking about all people because all people experience trauma. All people deal with different aspects of their life that can affect their processing. And that's something that we need to do a better job of tackling in the church today. Well, if you ever want to talk more about it, I mentioned how you can get a hold of us, and I would love for you to either criticize or compliment this position. But what I think is most important is that we have conversations so that eventually we all are moving in the right direction so that we can help as many people as possible and so that people can start living the abundant life that Christ said he came to bring them.
So we have spent a good bit of time talking about mental health and healing people and embracing mental health. And why don't we now get into our time of mindfulness? If you would, get to a place in your chair or in your seat that's comfortable where you can relax. Now remember, we would ask that you don't do these mindfulness exercises while operating a motor vehicle, that you get to a place where you are comfortable and relaxed, and that you can focus and don't have to be distracted by something else. So if you will, take a deep breath with me in through your nose and out through your mouth. And right now, I want you to just sit upright but in a comfortable position and begin to feel your body sink in to the chair. And now I want you just to take a few deep breaths with me. Now, What I would ask you to do is when we inhale on this next breath, I want you to lean as far as you can to the right without falling. So inhale with me and lean. Now I want you to release that breath and come back to center. Now we're going to inhale again and hold our breath, and we're going to lean as far as we can to the left. Take a deep breath and lean as far as you can to the left without falling. And as you exhale now, come back to center. Take a deep breath with me in through your nose, out through your mouth. I want you to place your feet flat upon the floor and feel that sensation of your feet flat upon the floor. You are present in the here and now. You are safe. You are loved by God. And you have purpose and value. I want you to take another deep breath. And I want you now to picture your favorite fruit. Picture your favorite fruit, luscious and juicy. I want you to picture in your mind and try to experience what that fruit smells like. The essence of that fruit. And now I want you to 
explore that fruit from the stem to its shape. Notice if the skin has pores or if it is smooth. But take in the beauty of God's creation in that fruit. Now, I want you to picture yourself in your mind's eye taking that piece of fruit to a countertop in your kitchen, pulling out a knife, cutting it in half, quartering it, and taking a bite. Try to experience what it tastes like, the freshness of that fruit, the sweetness, the juice, the juice rolling down your throat. Can you taste that fruit internally? Think about how your favorite fruit makes you feel. Try to feel those feelings internally. Take a deep breath with me, in through your nose, and out through your mouth. In through your nose, and out through your mouth. And go ahead now, and open your eyes. So today we tried to fire off some serotonin and some dopamine in your brain to help you get to the place of recentering so you can process closer to your frontal lobe so that you can hear clearly from God so that you can interpret information as clear as possible and so that you can continue on a journey to becoming everything that God has created you to be. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank Sean Still for producing this episode. I want to thank my daughter Lillian Meyer for the music. And I want you to know that there are lots of ways that you can connect with Faithful Mindfulness. You can follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. You can email us at Faithful mindfulness at gmail.com or you can check out Pastor Sean and Mai's church at www.rethinkfaith.org I will tell you we are very thankful to have you with us and listening to us and if there's anything we can ever do to help you on your journey to becoming everything God has created you to be please please let us know whether that's scheduling a Christian counseling session or if you would like to go through some life coaching or even if you would like to have daily mindfulness meditations recorded specially and specifically for your needs please let us snow. And don't forget to tune in daily Tuesday through Sunday for daily faithful mindfulness. They're seven to nine minute podcasts that walk you through a time of short devotion, a time of gratitude, of mindfulness, and prayer. 
to help bring healing to your life. And as always, we want you to know that God loves you and he cares deeply for you and he's doing a work in your life right now. Let us pray to end today's episode. Gracious, gracious God, please let your Holy Spirit fall upon us. Let your Holy Spirit heal us. Gracious God, use the Holy Spirit to heal relationships that we need healed. Gracious God, use the Holy Spirit to protect us from things we need protected from. Gracious God, use the Holy Spirit to empower us to become who you've created us to become. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful and blessed week. Like the boring things, I appreciate the little things. I look for the special things. Oh, I, oh, I appreciate.